hockey fans, welcome to Across the Pond, Hong Kong's first and only hockey podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ivany, and tonight's episode is brought to you by the China Hockey Group. Tonight's program is brought to you by the China Hockey Group. The CHG is a family-focused group of ice hockey leagues, training programs, and community initiatives. They focus on the growth of hockey in Hong Kong and southern China, as well as the development of student-athletes, where sporting goals are achieved alongside educational pursuits. The CHG is comprised of a number of hockey programs. Established in 2011, the CIHL is Hong Kong's elite adult hockey league. The Junior Tigers program is Hong Kong's premier youth hockey organization, featuring the Scotia Bank Island League and Learn to Play and Learn to Skate programs. The SCIHL is an adult league for those seeking a more recreational experience. In addition, the CHG showroom is the exclusive reseller of Bauer Warrior hockey equipment and offers services including skate sharpening and fittings. For more information and links to their social media sites, go visit ChinaHockeyGroup.com. That's ChinaHockeyGroup.com. All right, folks, again this week, we have no CIHL update because the league is still currently shut down due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Also, I hope you're all uh, up to date on what's going on in the NHL. If you're not, here's a quick recap of what's going on. Training camps are going to be opening soon, folks, so this is the way it's going to work. The teams that didn't qualify for the playoffs are going to be permitted to open their training camps on December 31st. And the other 24 teams will open their camps on January 3rd. There will be no preseason games. Um, the regular season will begin on the 13th of January, immediately following training camp, and the season will end on May 8th. So that's what we have, folks. We, uh, sounds like hockey's going to happen. I know they're still working out a lot of the details uh, with, the, with provinces and states and, and making arrangements and making agreements. Well, let's just hope... They're back on the ice soon. All right, tonight's interview is brought to you by AccessoryHouseGlobal.com. Are your headphones falling apart? Or does your cable do that annoying thing where it only plays sound from one ear? Then maybe it's time for an upgrade. Accessory House Global is your one-stop shop for premium headphone accessories. They specialize in ear pads, headbands, carrying cases, and audio cables. Whether you have Bose, Sony, Sennheiser, Beats, Fostex, Denon, or even a set of high-end focal headphones, they've got you covered. All across the pond, hockey podcast listeners get 20% off their first purchase. Use the code AHG20. OFF at the checkout and boom, you're sorted. You can check them out on YouTube or at the real AHG on Instagram. Check out their website at accessoryhouseglobal.com and take your first step to reviving your audio experience. All right, folks, my guest today is from beautiful Imatra, Finland. He fell in love with hockey at an early age, and it soon became a big part of his life and eventually his career. He studied sports management at the Finland Sports Institute, and after completing his studies, 
He moved to Abu Dhabi to do a work placement and ended up staying there, playing and coaching hockey for the next five years. In 2017, he was given the opportunity to help Thailand's national hockey team at the Asian Winter Games. After the tournament, he was offered a position as coach, and the rest is history. Please welcome to the Across the Pond podcast, Mr. Yuhani Iyas. How are you, Yuhani? Thank you very much for the introduction, and I like the beautiful image of Finland. That well, I'm just great. imagining it in my head. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really good. I'm in quarantine. Yes. I think day 10, day 10 in Thailand at the moment. I was back home in Finland for about, uh, yeah, about five weeks. And uh, yeah, soon, soon back in Bangkok City. All right, so you're halfway through your quarantine right now. Um, yeah. Take me back to your childhood, Yuhani. I have a lot of uh, questions about Finland. Uh, there's a lot I want to learn uh, during our chat today. So take me back to, uh, tell me a little bit about your family and your life growing up in Finland. Uh, well, my parents are, they own their own kindergarten. So uh, I, I was there also when I was small. And uh, I have three siblings, two older brothers, one older sister. And uh, hockey was there since beginning because my older brothers played they are like four years o- uh, older than me so i just followed them and of course i was the youngest one so i was always in the net so i wanted to be a goalie <laughs> and i started as a goalie and uh, quickly i realized how hard it is like it's totally different on the ice than uh, when you're playing uh, on the snow outside yeah so when i put the goal Goalie skates on. I was quickly changing back to the player position. I can sympathize with that. As growing up with two older brothers as well, you always end up being the goalie. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it goes. No, but otherwise, uh, yeah, uh, not much to tell. I think pretty normal Finnish Finnish youth, like playing hockey, going to school, and uh, yeah, I was lucky that I have great older brothers and uh, I spent a lot of time with them. Even probably too much in their mind, but yeah. uh, they were my role models, so I, I follow up usually them wherever they went. Um, as a teacher, I have a question for you about uh, your education in Finland. So we uh, we admire, and, and a lot of people admire the uh, the education system in Finland. It's one of the best in the world. So when you were a child, did you know that you were part of a kind of a different education system than a lot of the world? And was it something that you were aware of? Not at all, no. to be honest. Uh, I think this all is coming for like last maybe 10 years. Like okay. when I when I start really moving here in Asia, that people start talking about Finland education system, and which is really great that it has a lot of uh, positive talk about it. Yeah. But uh, when, when you're there, you have no idea. And yeah. I, I don't think even the kids who are there at the moment, they, they don't think like that. Like my son is now teenager, 14 years old, and now... Uh, I don't think he ever feels that he's some special school or anything like that. But uh, right. I, I, I'm, prou- I'm proud of that fact. And yeah. uh, I think uh, the thing is that like it's equal, the, the number one thing. Like It doesn't matter who you are and how much money your family has. Everyone has the equal rights for the same, same education. So that's yeah. a great thing. That's the key right there. You said it. So, yeah. So we've heard a lot about the education system. And surprisingly enough... Uh, teaching in Hong Kong now, my principal is planning to take our staff to Finland on a week-long educational trip. It was supposed to take place in 2021, 
but I don't think it's going to happen because of what's going on. But it's just so interesting to me. And, and like, you know, for you to hear, I'm sure that uh, you know, principals all over the world are, are looking up to the, the Finnish education system. It's great. And uh, my brother is also a teacher. And uh, like I said, my parents are kindergarten teachers. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's in the family, and yeah, they are proud also. That's awesome. So when you were in school, were you guys playing school sports, or were you playing sports outside of school? Uh, well, there was, like, like regional, kind of. Like, I'm from a very small town, and there's about 25,000 people, I think. Yeah. But you had, you had like, probably the same as many other places, the regional teams. Like, mm-hmm. wherever you are, part, that part of town, you had your regional uh soccer uh, team and uh, the Finnish baseball team and floorball and you play all those things and uh, but for like uh, club club wise the hockey was always the thing that I only only play in a club was uh, ice hockey and were you guys encouraged to be multi-sport athletes and you know give everything a go yeah we we were and uh, I don't know if we ever needed encouragement on that like I think it just (laughs) came out we we live in uh, always. You feel like you you are older now when you talk like an older person. But like when you didn't have any other options, like we didn't have any PlayStation even, and we didn't have uh, mm-hmm. phones on your, our hands. So it was always outside, yeah. like all the time. Whatever ball game or whatever you you name it. Yeah, sounds and field, sounds like a great childhood. You go running, running and. Uh, very similar to yeah, uh, to growing to life in Canada as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Probably the same. So tell me a little bit about the hockey culture. So like obviously I'm from Canada, so our hockey culture is quite strong and um, you know, the more I learn about and the the, the older I got and the more I learned about uh, Finnish hockey and the culture of hockey there, uh, the more I learned how important it is to you guys as well. So tell me a little bit about that and your early experiences uh, playing minor hockey. I feel like I'm born. Uh, I'm born 1985, so I, I think like it was on the 90s that hockey really boomed. Like really took the number one spot. Like 95, Finland won the first uh, world championship, mm-hmm. and I think that was a big thing. Then after that, you have much more uh, media and everything on it, and uh, now it's crazy. Like it's probably same as Canada. Like when you go Finland. It's everywhere, like in the newspapers, on the TV, all the time. It's hockey, hockey, hockey. But uh, yeah, the hockey was there. But I also like soccer. The football was big. Like right. I don't know which one in America. America, Canada, you say football, but soccer. Yeah, or I'm football, always anyways. It's like I say yeah. soccer, but we don't get away with it very much in Hong Kong. Yeah, let's say soccer, but uh, yeah, we'll go with soccer. I I also like that, and I, that was a lot on TV too. That you. You imagine yourself uh, playing in the World Cup and stuff like that. Right. But uh, the thing was, Finland was never that good, like on uh, on uh, soccer. So when hockey start winning World Championships and doing good in the Olympic, I think it took over. Right. And when you were playing yourself, where did your hockey career take you? Well, I think the first thing was that I changed from the goalie to player was a good choice so <laughs> after that I, after that I enjoyed more uh, I was playing I was playing uh, 
decent, I guess. I always get to play, play enough and uh, had a chance to play in the re- regional national team, never the real national team, but mm-hmm. like the area, area teams. Yeah. And uh, when my older brothers, like when they move first, older brother went to Canada to play for one year and then another older player went to Minnesota. And I was like probably 13 in that age. After that, I only start dreaming about that I'm going to go to because I knew that my parents cannot say anything because they gave this opportunity to my <laughs> older brother. So I was like, hey, uh, wait a couple of years, I'm going to go also. And did so you end up? I, did you end up? I, yeah, so I played one year in New Hampshire in the junior league. I think I was 17. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I went back home to finish high school and went one more year in uh, Minnesota. Okay, and how was that age. experience for you? Did you uh, have ambitions still when you were in Minnesota that you were going to try to make a career out of hockey? No, the biggest thing probably in Minnesota was that if I could get a good place in college to right. go play university hockey, mm-hmm. that was something I really wanted to do. Yeah. I'm sure. But uh, then, uh, then the best thing in my life happened that uh, I got my son. Son, uh, the year year after I moved from the Minnesota. Okay. So then I start focusing focusing more on uh, getting the education in uh, Finland. Right, being a dad. But uh, experience, yeah. But if if I go quickly for hockey in the USA. Uh, I don't know if the hockey, like, it was all right, but it's just living, like, when you're a small-town guy from Finland, yeah, just living, like, going to the Boston Bruins games, that was just, like, I, I was more like a hockey fan than a player, I felt. <laughs> like, right. it was just amazing feeling. Well, I'm sure Especially, like, you didn't have the social media or anything like that. Like, I didn't really know anything. Like, when you first time in the NHL ring, because everything was so, so new. Right. Well, I'm sure that was an amazing experience overall for you, no matter if the hockey or not. Just the 17-year-old getting to travel around the world and play a game he loves. What could be better? Yeah, I, I think those those years were like why I'm still like doing thing, this thing and traveling. Like I, right. I, I find my passion on that also. So you you were mentioning that hockey really took off in Flint, in Finland in like the late 80s, early 90s. Who were some of the players that you looked up to from Finland as a kid, and uh, who do you think is the biggest star of all time from Finland? Well, there was few. I remember Saku Koivu. He was still playing in Finland, mm-hmm. so he's my he, favorite. He was he was big, like yeah. he was the number one guy. Yeah. But then you already had a uh, team Salan in NHL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or in Finnish, but anyways, <laughs> he, he was he was huge, and he still is. I think Timo is the Selani is the biggest guy, and Yari Kuri of was a little bit before me, but yeah. he he is you know, like Mr. Hockey. Yeah. Of so course. if you have Cordy Hawkins, so Yari Kuri, and then you have Wayne Kretzky, is uh, Timo Selani, pretty pretty well say Finnish thing, but uh, yeah, Saku Koivu was big. Yeah, Saku was my, I'm a Habs fan, so Saku was my favorite. I mean, it was hard not to love that guy, just his dedication to hockey and his work ethic and his overall just, just seemed like such a class act and such a great uh, representative of hockey. Yeah, he, he was the cap from the young age, he was the captain for Finland. Like even you had Curry and Salan in the team, uh, Saku Koivu was always the captain for Finland. Right. All right, before we get to the next question, let's take a moment for a word from one of our sponsors. Do you like beer? 
I know I like beer. And my favorite type of beer is a Yardley Brothers beer. Remember when I used to ramble on about how delicious their Machine Men Pale Ale was last season? Well, at this year's Cathay Pacific International Wine and Spirits Competition, gold medals were awarded to both the Yardley's Machine Men Pale Ale as well as their new Mango Sticky Mango Imperial Goze. The boys even brought home some bronze awards at the 2020 Asia Beer Championship for their Mum's Rhubarb Crumble Pastry Sour and their Gooseberry Custard Sour. But that's not all. On the same night, Yardies also walked away with a gold medal for best experimental beer in Asia. My new favorite, the SEA Sour. You gotta get this in your belly, folks. I don't tell no lies. For more information, go to yardleybrothers.hk. All right, Johanny, um, what year did you start your program at the Finland Sports Institute? Oh, that was 2009. And tell me a little bit about that program and maybe what you got out of it the most. That was a great, great program. So that's uh, it's kind of sponsored from the International Ice Hockey Federation. They are part of it. And uh idea is to get young coaches. Like usually coaches are older who go after careers maybe. And of course, there was people like that also there. But mostly... Mostly it was young guys on their 20s. Right. Uh, not only Finnish guys. Like we had guys from USA, from Hong Kong. Actually, we had one guy, a Canadian guy. So really international environment. Well, is it was it a unique program? Because I don't like I don't remember hearing a lot of options when I was in high it school is, about about a, a sports institute. Unique. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's very unique because the IHF is there and. Uh, Right. I don't think there's any other university degrees that emphasize ice hockey coaching. That that kind of is the the basic of all our uh, classes that we go through. Right. Like of course, of course, we went other sports. Like we because it's also like a athletic athletic degree, so mm-hmm. you can kind of do something else too but like all the te- theory was uh, on uh, from hockey like right. using hockey uh, games analyzing and stuff so yeah i love it it was it was really great two years over there and then uh, third year doing the thesis and going to the uae yeah so tell me about that how did you end up doing a work placement in abu dhabi Well, I, I decided pretty early that uh, I want to go play abroad. Like, I want to do the work placement and uh, want to go to a place that for sure I can play also because I was still young, like 25. But uh, I couldn't find a place. Probably wasn't good enough for anywhere else. But uh, I was looking for, like, Europe a lot. But uh, then we had uh, other Finnish guy. He was going there to uae and i was like where what is this like yeah. it's kind it sounds it sounds crazy now like 10 years but like and i was like uae i, I had no idea to be honest right. like Did even you... when i went to the fly I was, I was like what is abu dhabi i google and quickly like what is this place? <laughs> so you obviously but had I, no idea there was hockey there no idea right. about the whole place i was i was looking as an exotic hockey country i was thinking about maybe spain maybe like italy like those right. I didn't know. I didn't know anything else that there could be even lower hockey. And what was it so, like? What was the level of hockey like when you first got there? 
to be honest, I, I thought it would be really bad. So when I went to the practice and I see the Emirati guys and everybody had a good skating skill, I was like, hey, this is going to be actually a lot of fun. Okay. That's positive it, it, it way to start, better. yeah. It, it, yeah, it was much better than I expected because I was like, people were making fun, of course, in Finland that uh, you go to Arabic country and, you know, they they don't even know how to skate and play. And mm-hmm. yeah, when I saw the practices, I'm like, hey, this is this going to be fine. And they had already Finnish coaches for a couple of years before that. Plus, they had a decade of Belarus coaches before who were also playing on the team with them. So, right. yeah, the, the skill skill level was fine. So, were they at the time? Were they in the IIHF when you first got there? Just joined. Yeah, okay. that's the reason why there are so many of the coaches from the Beer Mackey went there. That okay, gotcha. they joined in two thousand nine. They mm-hmm. joined 2009, and uh, I went 2011. I see. So um, you ended up staying there for five years. So what was it that kept you there that long? Many things. I, I still have a really good memories of the Abu Dhabi. It's a, it's a great place. I don't know if you visit there. It's uh, the ocean is right there. The weather is good. Not in the summer. <laughs> summer is too hot, but yeah. otherwise the weather is really great. The facilities, of course, are really good over there. The ice rink is nice and uh, the fitness, everything is well taken care of. Uh, probably the biggest thing was the coaching staff that we had. That yeah. We had about five, six Finnish coaches all the time there, the whole time I was there. So when you had that group, you know, that the guys are in the same situation. Most of us were single and just, you know, get to experience and kind of share, share the, share, share the things. Right. And what is your overall, uh, what was your overall living experience like? I had no issues. I, I think, uh, many might think like Middle East, like I would never move there, mm-hmm. but if someone asked me, I would say right away, like UAE, you will like, you will like it. You will like Abu Dhabi, you will like Dubai. Like, right. I, I did not feel that I, I'm missing something when I was there. That's great. That's great. Um, how about the infrastructure as far as hockey goes? Because, I mean, you know, we're in Asia now and we kind of know what it's like here. Uh, shopping malls and, you know, few and far between and hard to get ice time. What was it like when you were there? Sorry, can you re- repeat yeah. that question? Yeah, sure. The- what was it? What was the uh, situation like as far as getting ice and the facilities that you guys were using? Well, there, there's only like one main ice rink okay. in, uh, in Abu Dhabi. Like Dubai has two. But uh, yeah, the ice time was always a little bit issue. Not for the main team. Like the main team, we always, we practice about four or five times or at least like four times usually. But, uh, but with the youth, like even the U18 team maybe, maybe only had like two practice right. a week. So one that rink, was, everybody's using the same rink. Yeah, so and no no training in the mornings or afternoons because of course they are in the school. So you have U sixteen, you have eighteen, U twelve, U nine. You know, then there's not much room left after that. So right. we try to make like uh, talent groups for the guys who can make or the kids who can make it like after school right away. Mm-hmm. So they would get a third ice, and then we have Saturday early mornings to play games. So then you then it's you might get like four times. 
Right. And were you coaching young kids and all the way up to adults and playing with the adults as well, all at the same time? Yeah, that kind of changed. Like before, when I went, I was more with the younger ones, and then I moved one year later to U18, and then I end up coaching the women team in the end. So Right. But uh, always that was on the side of the playing. Gotcha. All right, so... Before we get to your move to Thailand, we have one more quick word from one of our newest sponsors, Wheelhub Asia. Wheelhub Asia is committed to building community and bringing accessibility to inline hockey players in Southeast Asia. They strive to be a catalyst for change with a collaborative approach that is focused on improving the level of inline hockey in the region through community-based initiatives. Wheelhub Asia stands for professionalism, integrity, and collaboration. For inline hockey players, by inline hockey players. For all your inline hockey needs. All right, Johanny, in 2017, you were invited to the Asian Games. How did that happen? So the thing with that was that uh, I was back home in Finland coaching. And uh, I was talking one of with one of the Thai players about may, maybe making a camp on the next summer mm-hmm. coming up in Thailand. And uh, like I was like, do you guys need a coach or any help? And uh, his answer was uh, very Thai way, like with short English, like, "Can you come right now?" <laughs> <laughs> this, this was this was like uh, maybe November. 2016, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, I'm, I'm, co- I'm, wor- I'm working in Finland, like, no way I can come. But uh, I, I, did, I did not remember that there was the uh, Southeast Asia Games coming. Oh, no, not uh, the Asian Winter Games yes. were coming in Japan. So I was like, oh, okay, so when is that tournament? And it's, it was, I think, in February. Yeah. So then, then I was kind of like, hey, that would be great to experience. And uh, Thailand, they said, like, hey, we can... We can provide you a salary for this month, for the one month of trip, or actually longer if I want. But uh, I, I got a one month uh, leave from my club in Finland and uh, went to Bangkok and uh, from there with the team to Japan. And uh, Thailand hockey with the main team, we upset, kind of, we surprised and we won the Division One. Like there was like Taipei and Hong Kong, our opponents, and uh, UAE. Mm-hmm. But uh, Taipei, Chinese Taipei, was usually a team who wins all these tournaments with these groups. So right. we, we we end up winning them in overtime and uh, great great game and uh, great experience. And uh, after that, uh, they asked if I would like to continue full time. So wow. after after I went to Finland, then I finished my contra- contract and uh, moved to Thailand. Right. So were you surprised at how good the Thai team was uh, when you first got there? Not surprised because with UAE, I was national team assistant coach most of the time. So uh, we always play against Thailand. Like okay. every year we play against them. And I see that they have skill, but uh, I just felt that they, they they were lacking a lot on their team systems. Like they were doing a lot of trap they were standing still and i was like hey i was like happy as a uae coach i'm like these guys are not attacking because if yeah. they would would be in trouble because uae defense we, we were not that good right so uh i was like I, I knew right away that they are good plus i played when i was in uae i played in the thailand tournaments 
and uh, my teammates were like two, three Thai national team players. So I, I knew that they are good players. Right. So what about life in Thailand? I mean, you, you bounced around a little bit and you find yourself in, I, I've considered Thailand just such a beautiful country, beautiful people. I've been there probably 10 times uh, in my time here in Asia. What is it that you enjoy most in, about life in Thailand? Probably the food. <laughs> no, uh, the weather, even it's humid and it's hot, it's always great to wake up in the sunshine, usually in the mornings. Yeah. So those things. And uh, even the capital, Bangkok, this is a kind of crazy place and a lot of traffic and pollution. And like you said, the people are great, people are nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you have a holiday, it's pretty amazing to go away for a couple of days and to the islands. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's so many places. There's, there's, yeah, not many countries who can afford, like, can offer you this. Yeah, exactly. So does your family get to spend any time with you while you're there? Yeah, that also probably when it's Finland, usually when it's winter, it's cold and dark. So you get a phone call that, hey, I could book a flight. So <laughs> my mom is now a little bit upset because of this COVID-19 that cannot come here. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, she's been traveled here a couple of times. My son is, like I said, a teenager boy, Benjamin. He's been here, I think, three times already. That's awesome. So my brothers get to come here once. So yeah. Oh, that's great. They, they don't mind to come to Thailand from Finland. Oh, I'm sure they don't. No, I don't think too many people would mind. So as you know, a friend of the show, Scott Murray, who uh, introduced me to you, told us quite a bit about the, the general ups and downs of the development of hockey in Thailand. And when you were hired by the Thai Ice Hockey Association, what exactly did they ask you to do and, and how much autonomy did you have in the day-to-day operations of the program? Oh, good question. Very good question on that. Uh, I think... I think I'm demanded kind of to do a lot. It's uh, maybe sometimes a little bit too much for one person. Mm-hmm. But uh, the main main thing, main I always try to focus that what I can affect. And uh, main thing is the national team. Right. How, how, how the program is getting better. And uh, they put a lot of emphasis on winning all the tournaments and I'm fine with that. As a, as a coach, I <laughs> yeah, always want to win too. Yeah, but uh, it's always it's always pretty much a gold medal that we want to have, and then then we go for that. We try to always win the tournaments. And do they give you the but, the, uh, the leeway to do to do it your way and to kind of you know run the program as you see fit? Yes, that's a, that has been a good thing. That yeah. uh, that's why I'm here, still here for the fourth year. That right. uh, it's my program and uh, my kind of demand level. Like nobody affects my decisions on how I run the practices or those kind of things. That's great. So, that's what you want. That's yeah, and that, it was the same in UAE. That's why also UAE was great. That in the end of the day, we, we they always said that we were the professionals and uh, you, we know what to do. So I, right. I like that. Yeah, that's great. That's that's what you want. And so you you mentioned some of the teams that you guys play against currently. Um, I know that you're in the the uh, Group B of the uh, the IIHF IIHF Division Three ice hockey. So, who's your biggest competition right now? And and have do you have a rival? 
I would, you guys are in Hong Kong and uh, I like the place, but uh, I would say Hong Kong is one of our rivals. Like we, we have pretty good games against them and I, I hope that they will be more, to be honest. Like yeah. countries like Hong Kong, Chinese, Taipei, they are kind of in our pool, like with Thailand. Yeah. And I, for me, it's been what I've tried to push for like a couple of years now is to try to get these associations to work a little bit more cooperation that we can make exhibition games, exhibition tournaments, because like right now, if you only play one tournament in, let's say, April, and after that you wait for one more year, it's not enough for these guys because they don't get enough this kind of competition. Mm-hmm. Plus, plus, it's really hard for a coach also, because if you have a new player and you don't really get to test him in any tournament, then suddenly you put him on the second line in the world championship and he might get nervous or whatever the reason is that's normal when you're a new player yeah so we if we would get this kind of exhibition tournaments more whenever it's possible again it would be great because yeah. then all these all these countries would benefit that you can have a little bit bigger group of the players to choose from of course so what does that what does that regular season look like for you guys like before COVID happened and how many games are you playing and isn't it is it just events or are you able to uh, travel around a little bit and do exhibitions as well before COVID we had a great great thing going on because we got a lot of uh, like budget from the the association and the government so mm-hmm. we were practicing a lot like six months before the sea games in uh, December so uh, we had that. We have the league, the Siam Hockey League, that uh, Scott Murray and the boys yep. are doing stuff with that, and it helps our national team a lot. Then we had also the Thai Hockey League, that was a contact league because you need for the to go to the World Championship program, you need a contact league. So we had a league that we play full games, like twenty minutes, like no everything normal, mm-hmm. some bonus between. So we had those things going on, and now it, it's with this COVID, it's been a shame, and we're struggling a little bit like everybody else. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's a tough time, man. But what, in your opinion, what, what has to improve the most um, in order to continue developing hockey in Thailand? What's your, biggest, uh, what's your biggest issue or the biggest thing that holds you back? For me, it will be... It's not, it's not, it's, we need, we need like a real, real program. Like I said, if my job as a national team coach is with the men, U20, we need to push more to get U18, U16 programs so mm-hmm. we can really get the guys from over 14, at least under, under like my kind of supervision, supervise them. So the coach director with them and hopefully get good Thai coaches because we have a lot of them who are full-time coaches in the clubs so they could join me in the national team program and coach for example U18 team right uh, because if, if I'm the coach of every team it's uh, you can't do that no but you need those stepping yeah. stones right you need everyone to be yeah. on the same page the same goal yeah, yeah. Exactly. And also that, like, for me, the, like I said, in UAE, when we had a coaching group, it was so much, so much fun. But like, if, you, if you're coaching alone, like four different teams, mm-hmm. then, you, then you turn to be a little bit of this uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> you have like two, two ways and you're only talking about your, with yourself about everything. So exactly, would be ni- would be nice to get the assistant coach, a full-time assistant coach, for example. And, yeah. Uh, 
like women team the same thing women need help they have a good team in women and uh, a lot of girls are coming up like our u16 girls is a really good team here in thailand and uh, so that's one up one step for me but uh, the another one is to make a real path real program for kids who are under like under 14 mm-hmm. like make a leagues for under 14 under 10 you know yeah and that, I, I i think we need a coaching director also for that group because now the clubs there's many clubs in thailand but maybe we we need more like our own one way like of course it's a good to have that they compete between each others but uh just to make sure that the each step is make the correct correct yeah. time Le- learning the basic skills and uh maybe not focusing too much on who wins the U8 tournament, for example, because yeah. that's a little bit thing here, but I know it's also in uh, Hong Kong. and Yeah, I was just going to mention that. Like, it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's kind of disappointing, but it's something that I've noticed. A lot of the development of hockey here in Asia, they always just trying to start at the top by throwing a bunch of money into adult programs and trying to win. And when the, the moral of the story is, you got to start with kids, and you got to develop programs right from the yeah. from four and five year old kids, and everybody has to be on the same page. And you know, one of the things also is you need some stars. You need you need to develop a player from your own country that players are going to start looking up to. So, can you, in that regards, can you tell me about a few of the guys that you're coaching? Um, I know. I asked Scott to send me a little bit of information about some of the guys that you're coaching. Do you want to just mention uh, some of these local players uh, in Thailand and who may be uh, stars someday and people that kids are starting to look up to already? Oh, maybe maybe you're putting me too much on the spot to say any any names, but uh, <laughs> well, but, I'll start uh, with the captain of your national team. Tell me a little bit about about some of these guys that you've been uh, coaching and. and and uh, helping develop. No, quickly, of course, like our guys who, when you say like who have grown to be playing in Thailand, like outside from that, of course, the guys who come from Sweden and uh, Austria, they are really important for us because they they know a little bit more about how how to play hockey and how to be like daily daily hockey player, yeah. daily athlete. So they have been a big influence on our Thai guys. Because there's just so much that coach can say. Like I can talk that this is how you know we need this and this, but if nobody really knows what he, <laughs> the coach is talking about, then it's different. But I really appreciate the work that my Swedish captain uh, Ken has done, Ken Kimporn, and uh, we have players like Patrick Forsner from Austria. He lives here now, and uh, now we have Jan Isaacson from Sweden. So all, all these guys, of course, they are Thais. Their moms moms are Thai, and they have some of them. I think are born here also. Right. Yeah, these guys, just their example, has helped me a lot. Like I, they basically my assistant coaches also right. that yeah. to make the they make the message. But uh, like skill wise, we have we have good guys like from the who have grown here in Bangkok, and they have went they play only in Thailand and they went to play in uh, Canada and Finland and junior leagues over there. So that just tells how, how good the program is already. Like it's when you, when you think about like things you need to get better, you always have to remember that Thailand is already doing a lot good things. The skill skill wise, the Thai players are really good and 
most of them, you know, they train like even almost daily. They do this private training plus a couple team practices a week. So when you think about Finnish or Canadian kids who are 12 years old, 11, it's the numbers are not that much higher. Right. They train, but it's just a competition because when you play, you watch these junior games or like uh, kid games in Canada or Finland, oh, it's intense. Like it's crazy intense and the competition is so high. So yeah, I think skill-wise, Asia players are fine, but it's just to, how to compete in the games. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. I mean, that's... Uh, and, and when you look at a country like China, for example, where there's 2 billion people, it's going to be pretty easy to find skilled athletes and people that can play the game with skill but it's not going to be easy to find someone who knows the game inside and out and grew up with it and you know started in a rink when he was four years old because that's what takes time that takes decades right exactly and like how you said in the beginning we were talking about the youth just like yeah you you compete you compete since you're age four like you really compete on the soccer field or in their ice hockey rink or Pick up whatever you play. It's our competition is there. Even if you don't think about it, but it was there. Mm-hmm. And it was never really about the private training that you're all only alone right. doing some tricks. Yeah. Like it's good thing. It's a really good thing that you do that. But at least for me, if I if I want to have some fun like with hockey, I, I always want to have one or two at least teammates and then we can play one-on-ones or whatever yeah exactly then at the same time you're teaching you know your stick handling or whatever how mm-hmm. to protect the puck yeah okay i totally agree so during this time what have you been doing to keep your players in shape and and what kind of things are you able to do like uh, using zoom are you trying to give them workout programs or like what have you done since covid pandemic hit to keep your team sharp we had a pretty good situation here. I think since June, June we have been on the ice. So on the May we started, we do a lot of running on the parks. And uh, then June we went to the ice practices and uh, the guys have the summer league. And now they have the Siam Hockey League going on. And uh, from the national team side, I made the fitness, fitness test for all the players. And we had individual meetings and... Uh, so it's fine. We just don't get enough ice time at the moment because right. the guys no have to pay, pay, pay. Yeah, and no no budget because no competition. So the guys right. have to pay pay their own ice times and uh, hats off to them because they have done a really good job that they they still come to the practices even if it's on their own pocket. So right. So, so added, I, I have been, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So like looking forward now for the January. I'm hoping to start a new league in uh, like a small three-on-three contact league in uh, one of the rinks here in uh, Bangkok. And uh, then they also have to see a hockey league going on till May. But uh, the main motivation I think here in Thailand is that they are looking to open a new rink hopefully in April or May here in uh, Bangkok. So that, then we really know, get to see kind of where we're going to go with the development. Right. So before we get into that um, new rink and a little bit about the development, is there what's the atmosphere like when you guys host games with the national team with other countries and you host events in Bangkok? What what's the what's the atmosphere like watching the games? Well, we haven't done that much with the seniors. We, we like at least on my time, we haven't really have any national team senior 
games, only the exhibition games against the Flying Farangs, for example. Right, okay. But uh, for the youth, youth, of course, there's a lot of parents and uh, the other uh, other relatives on the stand. So Thai, Thai parents usually get pretty loud, a lot of screaming on the on the stands. But uh, for sure, we, for sure, we need to promote the game more, and we need more fans. Like if right. you get like maybe 100 people, 200 people. Uh, now with the new rink, and I think it's gonna fit like 1,500 people, it will be amazing to host a national team tournament and get that rink full. That will be a great experience. Yeah, that's so important. And, I mean, that's happening in Hong Kong now too. We have two arenas being built. Um, one of them is supposed to open now, but I think it's been pushed back a little bit. And there's another one being built that's going to open in 2021. And, I mean, these are real important steps to, uh, to helping grow the game because most of the arenas that we play in are shopping malls and there's not really an atmosphere yeah. for fans or anyone to get into it. That's true. I, I, that's, I think it's important that they're in, at least in the shopping mall and it's maybe easier for many to get to the program that you are, you're already doing other stuff at the mall and you see the game. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just to get the ice rink that you know that, hey, the, the kids know, the parents know, everyone knows that, hey, we are going to the ice hockey practice now. Now we are exactly. not going to go watch a, a movie or yeah. go eat go eat the burger before practice or whatever. Like the yeah. thing is that, hey, you're ready to go. Coach is there. You, mom or dad can, you know, normal. Mom and dad can leave you at the rink and just do other things outside. Yeah. So it, it, it will benefit so much. And like you said, that, that probably will improve quickly. But mm -hmm. like, let's wait a decade. Let's wait a 10 years. And uh, I think people over here and everywhere can see the change it's going to get much better. I totally agree. I mean, in my short time here in Asia, I've certainly noticed a big change in the hockey culture and um, the talent level that's available. So um, tell me a little bit about, you. obviously you've only been there for four years and the, the program's doing wonderful. And you guys are now playing, you know, you're in the D Division Three IIHF tournaments. And what are your short and long-term goals for this program? Sorry, I quickly had to give the temperature for the, the nurse. Oh, no <laughs> problem. I'll repeat but, the question. So, yeah, just tell me about some of your, your goals for the program in general, as short and long-term goals. Well, with me, with my contract, like, kind of have to go year by year. What I want to do is, with the men at least, that we advance right away when we get to play to the next division like we just started the world championship program but uh, i feel we can go go from the next division 3b to the division 3a so that's one thing what does and, it take uh, to move uh, up how, how will you move up training get that <laughs> ring and start training i think that we have the talent like hong kong is there south africa is there but I think they are right there with us. It's just uh, we need to get back in the shape and uh, get these domestic leagues going on. Like I said, we have the Siam Hockey League, but then I need that contact league to play real games, like right. three times 20-minute games. So that that's a step. I think the Division 3A is the place for Thailand, and uh, from there we can see can we go higher. Right. Uh, I, like I said before, I want to make the program for the U, like the U20 and the U18 that they would also join the World Championship. 
because right now, right now the men just join and women and uh, the U20 these teams are not in the program yet. And when you think about like Chinese Taipei, they have all the teams in the World Championship program. Hong Kong has uh, U18 boys, I think, and the girls, the women team is in the World Championship. So we come a little bit behind these teams. I don't think the talent-wise, we are like we are already there with them. Right. But our program has not has gone as as quick as of these two other countries. Right. So you're four years in. Where do you see this going for you, and what's next for you, Johanny? Uh, I think with this COVID nineteen situation right now, I just need to live in a moment and go day by day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think too much ahead. I'm really looking forward for this new rink in uh, Thailand, and uh, I'm for sure I'm not in a hurry to go anywhere. Like I'm, I'm happy here, and uh, hope to continue here for years. That's that's my own plan. Well, I think they'd be very lucky to have you because your your enthusiasm for hockey and obviously your knowledge of the game is uh, is top notch. And um, you know, congratulations on everything you've accomplished, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. It's it's you're doing God's work. You're you're teaching the game of hockey to people all over the world. I think that's something important for all of us to remember, like where we are, and like sometimes. Hockey country guys from hockey country come a little bit and say like this is how you should be doing everything and uh, we have to remember we have to respect the culture and uh, and uh, get the local people involved, make them feel good about the hockey and about their sports over here because in the end of the day it's theirs. We are here to help them out and uh, that that's how we we get better. We, we bring the culture, like not Canadian or Finnish, but it's going to be a Thai way with the little spices from the real hockey countries. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best. Good luck. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy. And uh, yeah, I wish you nothing but the best with your team and uh, life in Thailand. Thanks a lot for having me. It was great. Great. Uh, and I'm happy that there's a podcast from Hong Kong because I think this year it's been all about the podcast, like spitting chiclets, and there's yeah. so many others. So I'm happy that you guys are doing this and uh, hope to visit you guys soon in Hong Kong. Yeah, I hope you do too, man. Make it happen uh, when the borders open up. You come into the studio and, and have a cold one with us. Sounds great. All right. That was Across the Pond, and that's a wrap. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our amazing sponsors, the China Hockey Group, AccessoryHouseGlobal.com, Yardley Brothers Beer, Wheel Hub Asia, The Big Bite Restaurant, Sunset Studio, and Print House Limited. And a giant thank you to my producer, Andy Zombathy, who makes us sound great week in and week out. And of course, Mr. Paul McLean, who makes everything happen here at the studio. Folks, check out our website at acrossthepondhk.com. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at acrossthepondhk.com.